Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Game Notes, the podcast that uh, starts with Tony laughing in the background. I'm Dave DeFore. That's Tony Jones that you heard giggling over the over like, the on the other line. What's up? Like a schoolboy. Um, why are we laughing, Tony? We are. Gig- I'm laughing because last night was the turning point in the race, the race for it all. And by the race for it all, one team went up by one game. <laughs> and we are not talking about the race for the number one seed. We are talking about the race for steak. And who went up? <laughs> Yo, who's got the tiebreaker? It's like Greg Popovich doesn't even care if I have to pay for this steak or not. Okay, you can't lose that. You can't lose that second game. I'm sorry, Pop. I know the, you're the greatest the rope, coach in NBA history, but you can't drop that second game early. It's awful. It was such a bummer because Utah just came out and they bulldozed them right off the bat. And I, I just had to sit there and watch that score roll in knowing that that was actually my stake slipping out of my hands. Actually, it was the money slipping out of my hands to pay for your stake. Because I don't know how I'm going to make it up. We'll figure it out at the end of the show. But, Tony, you got, there's no, a hot button take issue. Chances now. you got to take chances I know. Now. There's a hot button issue that we've got to get to, though. Yeah, Is Rudy Gobert a Hall of Famer? I, so this has been, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been caught up, this has been a topic on Twitter the last few days. And it's, I think it's an interesting and a really polarizing topic. Not polarizing for me because um, I, I lean strongly one way, um, but it's polarizing to a lot of people who don't see Rudy Gobert in the same way as some people see Rudy Gobert. I think the answer is yes. I think he is. I think he is firmly on a trajectory to be a Hall of Fame candidate, and this is why. You, he's he's about to be four-time All NBA. He's about to be a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, uh, unless he gets utterly robbed. And he's a two-time All Star. He's at the very least, whether whether you call him the best player or not the best player, he's at the ve- very least the most impactful player on a team that's uh, in the running for a number one seed. Uh, the only thing that will lose him right now is, is postseason success, which needs to come, which needs to happen. Um, but if you couple that with uh, the success that he's had internationally, because this is the Basketball Hall of Fame and not the NBA Hall of Fame, uh, I think that the, the answer of whether uh, he's trending towards being a Hall of Famer is a firm yes. He's 28. He'll be 29 in June. Uh, I think he's got, you know, t- at least three years left at this current level. And right now, I think he's playing at an insane level of basketball. Well, right now, basketball reference has him at about a 6% chance of making a Hall of Fame. But I'm going to say 
that tends to skew towards statistics, and there's a lot of stuff with Rudy that just doesn't show up on a box score. I mean, the offensive stuff isn't as apparent as the defense. Like, you can look at him on defense and you know what he does. But he leads the league in in shooting percentage. I mean, he, he literally leads the league in field goal percentage. He draws a ton of fouls. He's a hell of a screener. He's a great rebounder. Uh, he is the most underrated player in the league, as John Hollinger said over at The Athletic in his column this week, about underrated players. Like, he is the most underrated and disrespected. And it's because he, you know, maybe he can't guard Steph Curry on the perimeter. But, Tony, who can guard Steph Curry on the perimeter? Uh, Aside from Kevin Love. (laughs) Aside from Kevin Love, right? Like Kevin Love did it for one possession, but that that was an important possession. Yeah, and Steph Curry was doing it on a bum knee. But healthy Steph Curry? Come on, man. Um, Look, Rudy Gobert's great. The Hall of Fame, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. You, You don't... I mean, four All-NBAs, and and he's going to win Defense Player of the Year again this year. That'll make it three. I just don't see how you can keep him out. But I also think Ben Wallace is a Hall of Famer, and he's currently but that's, not. But see, that's that's the measuring stick, right? Like mm-hmm. Ben, Wallace ben Wallace has an, he has a he has a chip. So if you've got a championship, if Rudy Gobert were to win a title this year, I think the narrative completely changes. But Ben Wallace has a chip, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. I understand that. No, no, no. I mean, again, it's hard to for, – for guys who are defensive Hall of Famers, I think it's hard. Because now, you can't I will just go, ben, I will you know, this guy averaged 25 is, a game. I don't think Ben Wallace is nearly the offensive impactful player that Rudy Gobert is. Oh, I agree I don't think he was. Uh, he, he didn't impact Detroit's offense the way Rudy Gobert impacts. You know, people don't realize this. Rudy Gobert is – not quite as impactful offensively as he is defensively for the Jazz, but is not far off. He is, he is in a lot of ways, he is the centerpiece of what they do. His screening unlocks their entire offense. And his rim running and the gravity uh, and his finishing, uh, it makes them unique. Like right now, the, the, the Jazz are a unique team because, you know, everybody says, hey, you know, this is a jazz team, you know, they, they rely on the three, they rely on the three, they rely on the three, but they also put tremendous pressure on the rim. And that's because of Rudy Gobert. And that's what makes them so unique offensively. Um, you know, so, I, but the, the, the litmus test is Ben Wallace, right? Like the comparison has been Wallace. Those are probably the two, uh, those two along with Dwight Howard are the three big men in the last 15 years that you can point to and you can say, okay, those guys, uh, those, those are your elite defensive bigs uh, in, in, in the NBA. And Ben Wallace is not in, in the Hall of Fame. And Ben Wallace was one of the most impactful players, one of the most impactful players on, on a championship team. And You're recording I, this from your car. Yes, I am. <laughs> And Did you I just get out of the gym. I I know. You know where I just came from. I just came from getting my second shot. Oh, all right. So I can see you in so, a few weeks. Yeah, you can see me in a few weeks, and we can hug. That's we right. Can even, Can't wait. You know. I mean, we can even. <laughs> Sorry, go I didn't mean to take us. I didn't mean to take us off off topic. But I just heard you honking your your horn. And... Well, almost a guy almost hit me. Yeah, you're. Are you podcasting and driving right now? I'm podcasting, driving, and almost getting into a car accident. You know I'm going to have to cut all this, right? 
No, you better There's not no go way. all this because it shows my <laughs> multitasking. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll run it. I'll run it through production. Uh, look, when you look at the impact metrics, and I know that the raw offensive numbers aren't that spectacular. Like they just don't jump out at you. And but the impact metrics that tries to measure everything. It tries to, you know, measure it per minute. It tries to take into account what you do defensively. I mean, he. He scores very well. He scores up there with Jokic and Embiid in all of these things. But it just doesn't look the same because the offense doesn't functionally run through him, even though when you run as much pick and roll as they do, it technically does. Right? Right. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So the, the weakness offensively for Rudy Gobert is when a team switches everything and he can't punish the switch by putting somebody in the basket. But, right. you know, right. when teams run a drop big against him, uh, when the teams run a drop big, that's he's the reason why, you know, I think the Jazz are almost impervious to 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 having drop big run against them because, you know, he it doesn't matter whether he screens or rescreens. He's going to catch you off of one of the screens and their pick and roll guys are going to get separation off of one of the screens and get downhill. And either they're going to get uh they're, they're going to get a wide open floater or they're going to get a layup or they're going to get a wide open three uh, off a of ball movement. And that's all what Rudy, that's all what Rudy does. You know, I just think that he's, he's, he's tremendously unique. And uh, I think he's one of the most impactful players in the league. I mean, people are all over the place on, on where to rank him, but he's solidly for me, he's solidly in the top 15. I think he's one of the top 15 players in the league pretty easily right now uh, on, on both ends of the floor. And you look at the Jazz right now. They're missing Mike Conley and they're missing Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, they've taken some lumps without those two. But, you know, they've quietly won four out of their last five, you know. And, and you know, one of the guys that's getting 25 minutes a game in their rotation is a two-way guy. And that's Trent Forrest, who has played really, really well. But the fact is, he was a two-way guy, and he might have been the last player on the roster when the when the, when the season started. Um, and so it just that just speaks to how impactful Rudy has been, and and how good he's been uh, on on both ends of the floor. Um, that the Jazz could still remain in in the hunt for the number one seed without a literal all-star backcourt and and a guy who you know, probably should be in the All-NBA conversation and Donovan Mitchell. So I think that's a tremendous uh, testament uh, to how Rudy Gobert, how good Rudy Gobert has been. I mean, he's just not going to ever get any credit. That's the thing. But 
I actually think that the MVP conversation, it kind of matters to a certain degree, like when we're talking about the season. And it feels weird that Rudy is completely left out of the, the conversation. Completely. And I'm not saying that he should be the MVP. I, I think it's Jokic, and I probably have Chris Paul and even Embiid ahead of him. But in that 4-5 spot, I don't know, man. I, I think you have to give some credit to Rudy Gobert. He literally anchors that defense, and we just talked about all the ways that he's super important for that offense. Why do you think he can't get any MVP love? Do you think it's just because it's Utah, or is it because it's Rudy? Well, he got blamed for a lot of COVID. It's true. Um, and and that is asinine and unfortunate. Well, and also, um, a lot of people outside of that situation, they saw the one clip with him, you know, making light of the situation and touching the microphones and stuff. And he has unfortunately had to pay the price for that since. And you know what? And I thought that that was asinine because I knew what he was doing. Yeah. He was stick. He was sticking up for the reporters. We were, let's give context with this situation. Well, we were all stupid. No, 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 no. We were all dumb about everything when everything started. I think to hold it against him is unfair. I really need to give context to what happened there. Sure. What happened there was that the Jazz limited the access, and it wasn't the Jazz; it was the NBA. Right. When when we were all when when before like right when COVID started started, the NBA limited access, and we were limited from you know one on one in person interviews. Uh, this was right when we were coming off of our, our road trip. It was our our East Coast road trip. Um, one-on-one in-person interviews and we had to do, you know, the six feet thing. And this was the first time we were introduced to it. There were uh, the reporters, the day-to-day reporters, the jazz reporters, we didn't like it. And we were grumbling about it. And Rudy Gobert did that just to, and it was his message, his subtle message of saying, Hey, we're with you guys. We understand what you're, what you're going through. So in a large way, Rudy Gobert was sticking up for the writers when he did that. He wasn't doing that being flippant towards being flippant towards COVID. He was doing that out of solidarity with the day-to-day, with the day-to-day writers. And nobody talks about that. And, I, you know, I think that you know, I'm not the only reporter that's tried to put this out there that that was that that was close to that situation. But that's what happened. It wasn't Rudy Gobert saying, you know, F COVID or or whatever. This isn't it something was, to worry about or anything like right, that. Right. It, this was Rudy Gobert saying, you know, us as players, we understand and we're not scared of you. You know, you know, just like you shouldn't be scared of us. This was solidarity. And, and then some colossally you know, bad luck. That he is the first right. guy to test positive was, in the league. It was colossally black, bad luck. And obviously, you know, he shouldn't have done it because, you know, it, it just, it, it, no matter what happens, nobody was going to, nobody was going to look at it that way that wasn't there, that wasn't close to it. Right. But that's what it was. And, and, and I just think it was really unfortunate how that was construed and how much, unfair flack that he took for that um so there i've said my piece on that um 
I mean, I think I agree with you. But but it, this this stuff with Rudy was happening before that. I think a lot of people didn't like, um, you know, being upset about not making an all-star game. Right. You know, that's a thing. Um, Damian Lillard did something similar, and people didn't seem to care as much. I, I do I do recall. No, no, Dame. I mean, Dame, Dame received some flag. Not as much as Rudy. But not as much as Rudy. Flag. It doesn't come up every single time that, that he gets snubbed for something. Right. And, and, and not, I don't want to say it's all xenophobia. But there's a little bit of that for sure because we see it with other guys. I mean, Jokic is dealing with a little bit of that now. I think rightly or wrongly, I think that that Damian Lillard's peers see Damian Lillard in a different way than Rudy Gobert's peers see Rudy Gobert. Yeah, it's, I agree with that. I mean, Dame's a much and, better player too, right? Like that—that that matters a little bit and, as well. And, and and that that affects the reaction. You know, can you imagine PJ Tucker coming out and 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 chiding Damian Lillard for, you know, what he perceives to be whining? You know, Damian Lillard would would approach PJ Tucker the very next time he sees him and, and challenge him to a fight, like on the spot, whether he will win or lose. I don't get the disrespect to Rudy. It's it's very odd to me. He's clearly an impactful and good player, but I think that in order to change that. They have to make conference finals or better this year. I agree. I think if they make the conference finals, the conversation is much different uh, next season. No, I, I do. I do think there are some caveats with that. I think you want to change the postseason perception. You know, you 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 can't lose to Phoenix. You can't lose to Denver. It just is what it is. You know, if you want to change the postseason perception, if you're the Jazz, you got to beat those teams. Man, this Bucks Jazz Finals is going to be ridiculous. Oh, it would be ridiculous. The, the I, narrative. I would hope that the NBA fan. I would hope that the NBA fan tunes into that because that would be a great series. All right, Tony. Uh, as we wrap up, we got to do we got to do this thing. Even though I'm losing, we got to do this thing. On the season, you're now 42 and 20 in our picks, and I'm 41 and 21. The damn Spurs got me by dropping the back-to-back. I went 3-1 and one last week. You went 4-0, and oh, blah, blah, blah. That steak is tasting so good. You know, look, it's like the Spurs didn't even care. I, I'm just so bummed out by that. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Um, all right, they get the Nuggets Friday night. I, I think the Nuggets are going to win this one. The, the Nuggets have been really good since Jamal Murray has been down. They, they're playing huge sometimes. They can actually match the physicality that Utah brings. I worry a little bit about their perimeter defense and the way that I know Utah is going to want to launch it. 
but I, I think Denver's going to win this game. What about you? I, I got Denver. Um, I just think that they, you know, I, I think even with um, even with no Jamal Murray, I think to beat this Denver team, the Jazz have to be whole. Um, Nikola Jokic is just, just playing. <laughs> He's playing at a silly level. I don't think we've. I I don't think anybody in their in their in their uh, wildest imagination thought that that Jokic would play at the level ever play at the level that he's playing at right now. He's playing like a seven foot version of Larry Bird. <laughs> I mean, I think he's playing. I mean, right why, now he's playing the best basketball of anyone in the league that isn't Steph Curry. Right? Why are we laughing at my seven foot version of Larry Bird? Comp- comp? Well, because it's just. I mean, you're not wrong. He can get a bucket whenever he wants. And it reminds me of the stories about Bird, you know, where Bird would just say, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna dribble down here to this spot and I'm gonna hit this I'm shot. I'm just gonna in play this game left handed. How about Yeah, that? and there's just not much you can do against Jokic right now. Um they got the Rockets. It's a back to back. That's a win. Um that's a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Rockets don't have a team. Um, but it's a back to back. And I, I wonder, you know, is this not the time? And I and I know that they're they really want that one seed. And of course, they're going to be watching Phoenix closely. But should they be thinking about trying to sneak some rest for Rudy, or you feel like they're, they're pretty comfortable with where he's at right now? I think they're comfortable where Rudy's at. Here's the thing with Rudy. The Jazz have limited his minutes in a significant way this year. Mm-hmm. He's playing like 33 minutes a night. Can you look that up? Yeah, I'll look it up. He's playing like 33, 34 minutes a night. And it might even be, and might even be lower than that. He's playing thirty point eight minutes a game. He's playing. Is it really that low? Thirty point eight minutes a game. That's pretty he's incredible, playing, actually. He's playing thirty minutes a night. So, I mean, the the Jazz, and, and for somebody of of Rudy's stature to play that little in the absolute prime of his career, I'm not sure we can. Uh, I'm not sure there's a comp for that. So, I mean, Rudy Gobert, in, in my estimation, can easily play 41 minutes a night in the playoffs. Easily. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, they got the Warriors. Uh, that's going to be Monday, and the, that's a road game at Golden State. Steph Curry playing his tail off right now. I think it's going to be a tough game. Who you got? I'm going to take the Jets. I think they need to – I think – they're going to go into that game looking at Golden State as uh, a team that they might see in the next week. And um, they didn't play well at Golden State uh, uh, after the All-Star game. Uh, I'm going to take the Jazz. I'm going to take the Warriors because the Warriors are going to be fighting for the 7 or 8 seed. Yeah, that's um, a that's a I'm that's taking the Warriors game for the Warriors. Yes. Yeah, so we I might be able to catch you. Um and then they got the Blazers Wednesday. That's a home game in Utah. Um I just don't think the Blazers are are good enough to be honest with you. I think I think that's a loss for the Blazers. I'm going to take the Jazz as well. Yeah. Yeah. So this team so, is pretty good, and, and I do think that when we look back at this season, so much of it is just going to be instructed by the playoffs. But all of the indicators for this team put it in the elite category, and I'm curious to see how we how we 
how we feel about them once we see them in this first playoff series. Because I think I mean, they're going to win the first round no matter what. But I'm curious to see if they play the Warriors. Like, what does the Warrior what does the Warrior game plan look like to try to exploit what they have, what they think the weaknesses of this Jazz team? I want to see what happens once the playoffs start and teams start digging into their their tricks that they have saved up for Utah. But the the problem is that Quinn Snyder's got tricks to saved up for the other teams as well. <laughs> That's true. I, I, That's true. I just there are a few coaches in on the face of this earth that I trust more than Quinn Snyder in in a playoff series. Yeah, I think it's they're going to have a good run. Um, I, I'm expecting them to make the conference finals. It's it, so much is up in the air. You know the the LeBron ankle issue. Anthony Davis actually starting to look a little bit better, at least having flashes of looking better. Um, the, the Clippers have been great. Phoenix has been great and, and is a, a tough matchup for Utah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff up in the air, especially in the West, but I don't know, man. I think I just trust this team a little bit. I do. I, I still, the problem is I still don't think this team is matchup proof and you, there's just so much of a chance you can see the Lakers or the Clippers in the second round, you know, and and it doesn't matter how good you are when you play against those teams. That's that's a toss up at best. Mm-hmm. To me, so, though, that's the cool thing about the playoffs this year, though. Yeah, it's all going to be about the matchups and it, it literally is going to be about the styles making the fight. It was very similar in the bubble last year. So I'm excited for the parody. I, I think it's going to be great. We're going to have fantastic playoffs, um, but we still got a ways to go. So uh, that's going to do it for this week, folks. Thank you for listening to the Game Notes podcast. For Tony Jones, I'm Dave DeFore, and we'll catch you next week with another episode. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.